What is back, Only Playbook fans? We are back, back back-to-back weeks. We are doing running backs this week, top 12 running backs heading into the 2023 fantasy football season. Again, we are all in the half-point PPR scoring format, so that's how we rank our lists. I am Sweetheart. That is Shovit. That is Shoshot. Been a week since I saw you guys. How you guys doing? Dude, it feels like just a few minutes ago. It's crazy. Dude. And today, I have a surprise for you guys. Uh, yeah. For, first, you know what? Why don't you tell us what we're doing today, and then uh, it, it'll it'll just go right along. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I have a feeling it's some something Najee Harris related now. God damn it. Um. All right. So we are doing oh, top be- twelve running backs this week, heading into fantasy football twenty three season. Last week, if you tuned in, we did the quarterbacks. This week, we are doing top twelve running backs. I started us off with quarterbacks last week. Shoshot, why don't you do us the honors and kick us off with your top? 12 running backs. Wait, as wait, hold soon on. As, as soon as Shovitz shows us what he's talking about. All right. So given that we are doing a running back special, I went, uh, I didn't know we were going to do this and this wasn't planned. I went to a store that had a bunch of collectible stuff and look what I found. Oh, oh my God. It's Adrian Peterson. Is it AP? Oh, LaDainian wow. Tomlinson. LaDainian Tomlinson. Wow. Yeah. So it's a collectible. This is not even the best one for you guys. You guys ready for the next one? Yeah. You just went on a shopping spree of collectibles? Yeah. Yeah. This is oh, insane. Yeah. I feel like it's Christmas. <laughs> I feel much. like Christmas. Oh, you're not ready like for this, right? Look at no, this. No, I'm not. It's freaking Randy Oh, Michael what? Bennett? Yo, get out of here. Bro, you that did, thing's you worth That thing's Jeez. worth like $1,000 only in the state of Minnesota. Everywhere else, it's useless. Yeah, it's $25 <laughs> in Texas. But yeah, Michael Bennett, dude. <laughs> How far in that bin did you have to scrape to find Michael Bennett? Tell me, Mike. I know. I was so shocked to see it. I've got some other like receivers and stuff as well. When we do the pop up, okay, pop up. I'll show you. Oh well, dude, dude, this is a. Oh my gosh! I wish we would have done this for quarterbacks. Now this is insane by you. We could have just had a collectible every episode. Like check out this collectible. I think Drew Bledsoe was there. I was gonna get. I was like, but who wants Drew Bledsoe? Right? Like I don't. Yeah. uh, Oh, by the way, uh, Danny Sophia is a Patriots fan. One of my best friends. His favorite quarterbacks, Drew Bledsoe. Wow. Oh, <laughs> shout out Danny. Yeah. Danny, was he mad when Drew got benched for Tom Brady? No, because now Tom Brady's his favorite quarterback. So it's just. Oh, wow. What a bandwagon. I'm just no. kidding. Same team. Who cares? Um, all right. That's dope, Jovit. Now I can't wait for it. Should we just end this episode now and just kick off the receiver episode so we can see what the collectibles look like? <laughs> oh, all right. Receiver's good too. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. Good thing we have to wait a whole week. Can't for wait that. to see that Calvin Johnson collectible. <laughs> Yeah, where's that Heinz Ward, Antoine Randall? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, running backs. I'm kicking this off, guys. Number 12, I have Ramondre Stevenson, the only running back on that team. There's nobody else behind him that's going to do anything. He should actually probably be higher than 12. Number 11, Najee Harris, big bounce back year. Uh, I will say something real quick. Running back position from a top 12 perspective this year is juicy, man. I think there are a lot of running backs that can have really, really good years, and I think drafting higher this year may not necessarily be a good thing. I feel the depth at running back is stellar. Number 10, Brees Hall, who showed, I saw him on your list, so I can't wait to talk about him. Number nine, the freaking Goliath, Mr. Running Back, the epitome of running back in the dictionary, Nicholas Chubb. Number no eight, backups. Derek, Derek no Henry. Derek Henry makes a drop this year on my list, but he is still number eight. Number seven, the guy who finally gets a starting job, Tony Pollard. Number six, the perennial rushing leader of the NFL, Josh Jacobs. Number five, I have Jonathan Taylor, my Mr. Disappointment from last year. Number four, Saquon Barkley. 
And coming in at number three, the first rookie on our list of any list we've done so far, Bijan Robinson is finishing top three as a fantasy running back in his rookie season. What is this blasphemy? I have a number three. Number two, usual suspects, Austin Eckler. Number one, obviously, CMC. That is my top 12. So you just change your roster list. <laughs> I did. I realized I had one Brees Hall twice on there. And I was like, okay, oh, that's, that's that's not right. That's not right. I just tells you more about how much we believe in Brees Hall. Oh, yeah. dude. You're like Brees Hall? Oh, yeah. He's probably going to score twice as much as every other top 12. All right. I guess I'll go next since um, uh, Sweetcar went first or Showbert went before me last time. All right. Uh, so number 12, Joe Mixon. You know, this is a top 10 list. He wasn't going to make it. That's pretty crazy to think because he's still <laughs> in one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, number 11, Tony Pollard. Lots of promising stuff there. I'm just a little worried that their new and stud-like uh, rookie running back is going to take a bunch of those carries. Najee Harris, you know, I wish I could put him early, higher up, but there's a lot of players, like Zwickar said, I have like, a lot of promising players this year, and they may get more um, efficient touches than Najee Harris. Nick Chubb. No backup this year. It's just going to be feast town. Um, people are going to start saying Derrick Henry, who, because it's the same thing. Same thing, but with the Deshaun Watson scare causing defenses to go weird directions. Josh Jacobs dropped down to eight after going number one last year overall. And that's just because I don't have any faith in Garoppolo. This is not Kyle Shanahan offense. This is some trash-ass offense with some weird stuff. They're going to force feed a lot of Devonta Adams this year because they're going to be behind. They're going to – I don't know. I don't – I don't believe it. I don't see it. Nothing makes sense on this offense. Josh Jacobs takes a hit because of that. Saquon Barkley, it's still Saquon. Healthy Saquon's probably better running back than anybody else in the league, but concerns, right? I don't really have very many health concerns in this roster besides a couple players, and Saquon's one of them. Beejan Robinson. I mean, I'm not as high as three, but I am pretty high. Number six, six out of 12. That's in the top 50%. Uh, carries 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 it's a young team he catches balls really well they're going to be throwing checkdowns they still have a quarterback that doesn't know what he's doing completely a lot of checkdowns coming 50 catches minimum a lot of touches a lot of goal line touches that's all fantasy points jonathan taylor five you know what it sounds like a really high number but think about where he was last year and think about where he is now one to five the touches should still be there. The offense should still go through him because of the rookie running back, a rookie quarterback who's basically a running back. Um, that should, believe it or not, help out Jonathan Taylor at least a little bit as far as change of direction goes. Brees Hall, number four, extremely high for an injured player, but it is an ACL and people come back from ACLs all the time. There's actually new research about new methods of treating knees. And I just hope um, I figure out that he actually underwent that procedure. It's called the Bears procedure. Um, it's just a lot quicker. People are starting to recover like insanely fast. So we're talking like fast. So uh, we'll see how Brees Hall does. I need to look into this a little bit more. Um, but either way, very promising. Aaron Rodgers back there. Look at what Aaron Jones has done with Aaron Rodgers there. I think Brees Hall is faster, younger, uh, better team overall. I think he's going to get a lot of chances to touch the ball because of that defense as well. Derrick Henry. Again, how many times do I rank him low? How many times does he prove me wrong? Every single time. Uh, and there's nobody else to do anything on that team, right? So you would think uh, a team with no identity has to go somewhere, and their only identity is Derrick Henry. I assume for ticket sales purposes, for whatever reason, Derrick Henry has to touch the ball. And we've seen this type of offense before. It was called the Minnesota Vikings of 2007 to 2013. Uh, just a lot of running back carries, a lot of – Force feeding the running back. I expect that to turn out to be fantasy points because there's nowhere else to go besides 
a couple of spots. They're just not sexy enough. Derrick Henry will get a ton of touches to score a lot of touchdowns. CMC, nothing left to be said. I'm just sad I have to rank him number two. Um, most people probably are like, what? But, you know, injury concerns are there. Um, it's just a sort of a sort of a younger team now with Purdy at the helm. We saw some miracles happen as a randomness um, simulator type of a situation with a young quarterback who got drafted so late and still performed really well. Product of the game. CMC started surging up in the, at, towards the end. I hope they uh, keep feeding him touches, but I don't think – he will get as many touches as this man, Austin Eckler, whose team just got better, right? There's a newer weapon to stretch the field, um, to learn from the other good wide receivers. They have a tight end crew that's always steady. Offensive line improved a little bit, and Austin Eckler got paid. Uh, they don't want to go anywhere else. They made him the number one option on that team. Uh, so actually, I don't think he got paid. What am I saying? I think he's waiting to get paid. Uh, but they've made it clear by releasing some of those running backs that were kind of creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. Who gets the touches? Who gets the touches? It's pretty clear now. Austin Eckler's the, the way to go. The offensive line improved, I think, from a touches perspective, from a rushing perspective, and just overall uh, scheme of that uh, division who has very poor defenses all around, I think will benefit um, from Austin Eckler finally getting this number one uh, running back role. Solid, solid list. Uh, okay, so for me, my top 12 list, number 12, I'm starting out with Ramondre Stevenson. He always gets overlooked and it goes later in the rounds, but I think, you know, he he's, he's the RB1 in New England land and uh, he should get the touches in order to uh, get you those fantasy points. Uh, number 11, Najee Harris. I wish I could put him higher. I think that the offensive lineman improved this year for Pittsburgh. Uh, and Jalen Warren is back there, so they might do a little bit more split work. But Najee Harris should still get um, his fair share of carries uh, and touches, especially in the goal line. Um, once Now that they have a better offense this year, they should get there uh, more uh, prominently. Uh, next up, I have Jameer Gibbs uh, from Detroit. So I think that uh, the, he is going to be utilized. Um, I think they'll try to use him, use him like B. John Robinson, but given the fact that they like drafted him in the first, you know, first round, uh, a, a running back that goes in the first round of the NFL draft is going to be utilized on that team. And I think Jameer Gibbs in a, is in a, a really good place uh, where Swift was last year. And I think he's better than Swift. He's fast. And I think that he can definitely um, do be successful again with the Detroit Lions this year. Uh, next up, I have, what is that? Number number eight, uh, Tony Pollard for uh, Dallas. I think he's coming to, coming back from an injury, but he's going to be the focal point. I, I know that, that they drafted Deuce Vaughn. Um, and so, but I still think that he is going to be the guy that they are going to uh, target. I mean, he had the fancy points that he had in like the least amount of carries out of everybody last year. And so uh, now that he gets all the attention as an R RB1, I, don't, I think the sky's the limit for Tony Pollard. Um, number nine, I have, uh, sorry, number two, three, four, eight. Is that eight? Uh, next up, I've got Brees Hall. Uh, Brees Hall coming back from the injury, but while he was there last year, he was the RB6. Um, so if he had finished out the year, I think he would have been really well. Now with Aaron Rodgers, like you said, to show, I think he's going to do really well. Um, uh, next up, I've got Saquon Barkley. He's a little bit of a concern. We don't know if he's going to start or not. You know, there's this whole franchise tag. He's trying to get paid. Uh, but if he's on the field, 
uh, he, him and I, th- he's going to be an important part of the offense where it can't just be Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is not going to win them the game. And Saquon Barkley is going to have to be the guy uh, that they feed. Uh, same thing. Uh, next up, I've got Josh Jacobs. Kind of the same sort of uh, thought process here as well. Garoppolo uh, is not going to get the job done. So Josh Jacobs uh, still should get uh, the the carries there. And I do like McDaniel's like scheme. I think he is a very run offense type of mo- person, uh, coach, so that they are still going to try to feed him the ball. And he's going to be the focal point of that offense. Uh, next up, number five, I've got Derrick Henry. He's the king. Uh, number four, I've got Nick Chubb. Uh, number three, I've got B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson, right now, you go to Twitter, there's just saying he's just going to be everywhere. He's just going to be the whole, he's going to be the Atlanta Falcons, basically, the whole team uh, on offense. So uh, I don't have any doubts that, uh, what is it, the sixth pick of the NFL draft is not going to get his fair share of uh, carries and, and opportunities. Uh, number two, I've got Austin Eckler. Uh, Austin Eckler should still have a solid year this year. Uh, they uh, they picked up Keelan Moore, and uh, the one of the things that they wanted to do was run the ball more because they want to make a balanced attack. Uh, Justin Herbert just passing the ball all the time is not going to work for the Chargers. So I think that bodes well for Austin Eckler. That may bring down his uh, you know uh, PPR points, ha- uh, catching points, but. Uh, if they are if they're running the ball more, Austin Eckler should be able to uh, should be the guy that gets the uh, gets the carries there. And then number one, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey, what can he do? He can pass. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Uh, I think that he is going to be a a solid. Uh, he he has the opportunity to be RB one in 49ers land. Who uh, we saw what they did in the playoffs. It was all CMC. Um, so I think that he he can definitely repeat that and uh, be RB one this year as well. I like it. So here's my first thoughts on these lists. And this is kind of the way it's shaking out, which is why it's so interesting for me is the same top guys that usually you have undoubtable, you know, confidence that they're going to perform the way they will to some extent, they're a question mark. So let me just run through these real quick with you guys. CMC, not the same usage of the CMC for the Carolina Panthers, right? He's another year older. They, they traded for him and they took on his massive contract. So they know he's going to be a 49er for what, another three years at least. They still have Elijah Mitchell, who again, he's injury prone. So obviously he'll get hurt this year at some point, but when he's healthy, they love to spell CMC. So again, it's not CMC of Carolina where it's like 99% of all the plays are run through CMC. You got Debo, you got, you got a, an array of weapons. So there is a variance that, you know, there were games last year after the trade where CMC was getting like, 10 to 14 points. While that's fantastic, that's not number one overall points, right? So that's the variance there. Austin Eckler, great point here. They refuse to extend Austin Eckler. They're going to let him play out his contract in his final year. And because they didn't extend him, that leads me to believe that they're probably just going to walk, let him walk in free agency and he's going to sign somewhere else. Maybe they get a deal done at the end of this year, but if they really wanted to keep him, I feel like they would have extended him this year. So That's my fear with Austin Eckler. And also the fact that he's coming off back-to-back seasons where his touchdown rate has been like astronomically high. What is it like 20 touchdowns and 18 touchdowns or something like that? So at some point, those numbers for a running back that doesn't get the same carry workload that normal number one running backs do, that touchdown figure just has to come down organically. He's not going to maintain that same pace. So there is fear there. You mentioned the dink and dunks, but now that they got Kellen Moore, maybe they're trying to open up the offense more, which in turn it's going to hurt Austin Eckler because he's not going to get those dink and dunks. All those like catches, 10 catches a game he was getting, if they're trying to get away from dinking and dunking because Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator, there is uncertainty there. 
Uh, B. John Robinson's a rookie, obviously uncertainty. I don't think we need to say anything beyond that. Granted, he's in a situation where Arthur Smith literally coached Derrick Henry, ran his ass to the ground. B. John Robinson's a young, fast, can catch the ball, can do literally everything, doesn't do anything wrong. And now he's coming into an offense that had, um, what's his name? Rando, no name, Caleb Huntley. Was that, was it Caleb Huntley or was it the other guy? What's the other guy's name? Why am I drawing? Falcons running back last year. Algier. Tyler Algier, not Caleb Huntley. Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier came into this backfield and ran for over a thousand yards. And I'm sorry, Tyler Algier is maybe half of the player that B. John Robinson is, right? So if they drafted a running back eighth when they had a running back run for over a thousand yards last year, they're not a good team. They're a rebuilding team that needs help in every position possible. The fact that they chose to get B. John Robinson here, like you said, the Twitter world, Chauvet, it's not just the Twitter world, it's every world. B. John Robinson is going to touch the football every which way. He's as good a pass catcher as any other running back in the league right now. So uh, he is scary, but he's a rookie. So rookie comes question marks. Saquon, the injury concerns. Jonathan Taylor, he's playing with a rookie quarterback. We have no idea what you're going to get. But those are why I have my top five. And then you look at my six through 10, and I could argue that there's actually more certainty with the six through 10 guys, yet just because CMC is hard to rank outside the top five. Austin Eckler is hard to rank outside the top five. You have these guys getting pushed. Josh Jacobs certainly has uncertainty because Jimmy G couldn't even pass his physical. But even if they run him to the ground for 300 carries like they did last year, he's going to be productive. And there's no backup behind him. They tried to get Zamir White going. He sucks. They tried to get other guys going and they suck. So if they work him to the ground after paying the extension, you could argue that he's a pretty clear cut only RB1 that is not going to, you know, he's not going to have to share touches with anybody else. Same thing right now with Tony Pollard. Yes, we saw flashes of, what's his name, Davis or something. I, I, I know how he plays, but I can't remember his name. But we're, the, I think the assumption is because they saw flashes, now Pollard is a Zeke and this guy's the new Pollard. That's not the case at all, right? Tony Pollard, for the first time, is getting to be an RB1 who can still be utilized the same way he was utilized with Zeke. But all of those goal line touches that you just knew for some reason were going to go to Zeke can still go to Pollard. So the backup guy can still spell Pollard where he's keep staying fresh, but now all the goal line touches are not going to go to the backup. They're going to go to Pollard. So I could argue that he's actually improving his fantasy situation. So there's less uncertainty there. Derrick Henry, like you said, Shishot, there's no uncertainty. Either they're going to give him the football and he's going to get you 1,500 yards and be an RB top five finisher, or my only fear with Derrick Henry is when's the year that it all comes crashing down. Because to me, it's not going to be like, to me with Derrick Henry, it can't be a gradual decline because they give him the football 300 times every year. So like, even if he's running for three yards a carry, he's still going to be a productive fantasy player. It's going to be like Derrick Henry broke his leg and now he is no longer the same player. So for me, I think Derrick Henry is not going to be a gradual decline. It's going to be a kind of player that you've gave him the ball 300 times for the last decade. At some point, he's just not going to be able to play. And that's the end of Derrick Henry. So I... We, like you said, we've said it the last two seasons and it hasn't happened, but that's my fear with Derrick Henry. But outside of that, we're not fearing somebody else taking touches away from him. It's just, is his body going to give out? So you could argue less uncertainty with Derrick Henry. Like you said with Brees Hall, the dude could be top four. You have him top five. I have him as number 10, but I'm sitting here after you guys have talked about Brees Hall and I'm like, Brees Hall has way less uncertainty around him outside of the ACL, which is not even uncertainty anymore. Because like you said, people come back quick from that shit. He has less uncertainty than the top five guys. So I'm looking at my rankings being like, it's hard to put Pollard or Henry, in my opinion, or Brees Hall above guys like Eckler, CMC, Bijan, Barkley even, who just don't have people that they're necessarily competing with. But at the same time, would it surprise me at all if we saw a shift in this ranking and the guys that we rank six to 10 end up being top five finishers and these guys slowly slide down, it wouldn't shock me in the least. So 
that's where I am with the running back position. That's why I think like six through 12 for my rankings, those guys who are drafting like six through 10 and get that snake at the end have a amazing situation in my opinion this year versus the guy who's having to draft first, second and third and take CMC Eckler or Bijan. Literally nothing would surprise me. Any of these guys in my top 12 could go number one, except for Bijan Robinson. That is the only surprise that I would be like, Whoa, number one, any of these other guys could be number one. And I wouldn't even bat an eye. Like I wouldn't even think about it twice. Joe Mixon's not even on you guys' list. And he's in probably in the best offense in the league as far as like stackness goes. Right. So it's like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, Ramondre Stevenson, me, me and Ramondre Steven have a really, really bad relationship just because he destroyed me in a lot of leagues. And I think that's the only reason I left him out. But who who's going to leave out? Tony Pollard? Like, we just talked about the whole Tony Pollard situation. And I'm not as confident just because he's a smaller guy. And smaller guys don't really, I don't know. I, I just don't think he'll get as many carries as we may hope. I think the couple of goal line carries will definitely happen. But that's why they're so, like, you know, the same re- things we're reading about um Brees Hall and the same things we're reading about Robinson I'm seeing the same stuff about this new guy uh for the for the Cowboys the backup guy who's like apparently doing really well so I mean I feel like they're gonna show but you did say like you know young running backs they get used often because their lifespan's not very long they want to use them as soon as they get them um so you know maybe that's why I have Pollard low but I can see Pollard being one overall at the end of it because he breaks 70 yard runs so again this is the toughest decision out of all these decisions the only reason Eckler is going one is because he's proven it to me right uh, I can see it happening everything makes sense and I'm not so sure about the Kellen uh, Moore thing not a sold on that just because he's the best player on the field and when you have when you have the best player on your team you want to get him the ball and what he does the best out of you know no not many running backs outside of CMC can do what Eckler can do and I I find it really surprising that he would get like less than 50 touches in the passing game just because Kellen Moore's there um but we'll, we'll see we'll see how that plays out yeah, again, my, my fear, it, it, again, I know teams play for the season that they're in, but the fact that they didn't extend him, and they did draft Isaiah Spiller last year as a rookie. Like, they, if they're thinking of life after Eckler, they're not, I don't think they can just pivot after the season and then all of a sudden get the rookie 300 touches or whatever. So if they truly are not signing Austin Eckler beyond this year, I just think other running backs, just for, like, audition purposes heading into next year, will eat up some of his playing time. But that still doesn't mean I don't think I think Austin Eckler is easily going to yeah. be a top five fantasy finisher in running back position. So it's just it's just a matter of where he finishes in the top five. But um, let's let, let's talk about players um, that I guess we had in differing differences opinion. Um, you didn't have Stevenson in your top twelve. You said to show is that right? Yeah, I, I mean it's a it's a Patriots running back, right? Like I have confidence in these twelve. I I tend to not have confidence in Patriots running backs unless um, you know it's like a big name. R- Robinson is great, but Again, these top 12 players, I can make a case for any of these being number one. Uh, Patriots running back, you can easily just see d- roles decrease in the flash of an eye next year. And just the risk factor. He's a talented player. Don't get me wrong. He can catch passes. and run. He can do all the things. Um, but just opportunities. And I, you tend to see Patriots running backs just getting used like trash uh, when you least expect it. So just it's from a confidence uh, level perspective. Yeah, my confidence on Joe Mixon is not high, and that's for the reason that, one, they've been talking about whether he's going to take a pay cut, whether they're literally just going to cut him, and he just got charged with a misdemeanor like at the end of April. So his situation's incredibly murky. That's, again, if he's just playing another season in the Bengals' offense, I absolutely think he can finish top 12. But there's too much uncertainty around Joe Mixon to me. And Ramondre, like, every other year, usually you have like a Damian Harris or Sonny Michelle, but... This year you have, what, J.J. Taylor and a bunch of literally nobodies, but you're right. 
if there's anybody that's going to find a nobody and play him for 100 yeah. snaps or 200 snaps, it's Bill Belichick. So it would not surprise me. But yeah. this is the year where there's not even that pass catcher behind him to be the third down guy. Like it's Ramondre or it's no longer Ramondre in the in in the Patriots world, in my opinion. So that, that's why if I'm going to take a chance on him, if I'm going to draft him as high as I used randomly decided to and got really lucky last year in the fifth round, then this would be the year where it actually makes sense to do so. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you bring up this uh, uncertainty with the running back situation, because a lot of times that, you know, your league winners don't come in this top 12 list. Like, like last year, Josh Jameer Gibbs, right? Jameer Gibbs is your, it's in your top 12, but that's, that's a league winner in my opinion, that doesn't deserve to be valued as high because they still have Montgomery and they, you know, he's, he's as much as people don't like him. Like he's a solid coaches player. Like he's one of those players that every coach wants on the team because of his size, because of what he does from a blocking catching. Um, So those players are still around versus players like um, Joe Mixon, who don't really have that scare factor. There's nobody really behind him as much as his, uh, you know, off field stuff is up for grabs. Like everybody knows how much I dislike Joe Mixon. It's just the evidence is right in front of you and you can't be, you can't just dismiss it. Yeah, talk to Shovit. That's 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 a good segue. Talk to me about Jameer Gibbs. Um, the argument Shoshot already made for you. They got David Montgomery. David Montgomery is a you know he's been a workhorse pretty much his entire career. So you have to factor that in. Jameer Gibbs doesn't have the ideal size to be a three down running back. Um, and the lines have shown, like you said, he can come in there and replace Swift. Well, Swift still work had to get a lot of work in spelled with Jamal Williams, right? So. That already, unless you're at the touchdown pace that Williams could maintain, that already puts you behind the eight ball and finishing top 12. So talk to me about what you love about Jameer Gibbs so much that you have him in there. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to have opportunities to use Jameer Gibbs in the first six weeks of the season, right? With, with no Jamison Williams, um, the, he he already has an opportunity to be in the receiving game. Uh, maybe not as like, you know, a, a slot receiver or anything, but like they'll be able to pass him the ball and they'll be able to utilize his speed. And I think it's just going to kind of, you know, start this momentum. And um, it, it's just the fact that like, you know, Robinson at this point, like, how 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 old is he right like he he's probably like in his in 28 or something like that and and at this point he's got a he he's there but he i doubt that he's going to get the starting position all throughout the uh season so i think that Jameer Gibbs being the given the fact that he can be involved in the passing game certainly has an opportunity uh to be a guy that that gets you fantasy points this is the crazy thing about the running back position and the perception in the NFL. David Montgomery seems like he's old as shit and he's been in the league forever. The dude is 26 years old. I said Robinson. I meant Montgomery. Yeah. No, I, I know who you meant. That's why I yeah. looked it up. But he is 26 years old. So he's basically graduated college at 22 and been in the NFL for four years. And here we are dismissing a man being like, he's old, man. Like he's over. Not going to catch me but, like him. Um, but it's. It is exactly that, the perception of the running back, the shelf life of the running back, the fact that you drafted a rookie running back as early as you did, you're obviously inclined to assume that a team that paid that premium on a position that you shouldn't pay a premium on when you didn't need to pay the premium because you just signed somebody, the biggest offseason running back contract in the NFL, yet you decided to draft another running back at eight, you would be like, okay, well, if you paid that high of a premium on him, you're probably going to play him. But you also paid a premium on the free agent running back that you signed that cost more than any other free agent running back this year. So like one's got to give. And if one's not going to give, then they have to figure out a way to work both, which just naturally limits Gibbs's touches unless he's that's, again, getting touchdown dependent. That's exactly what's going to happen. Gibbs actually has um, a shoulder, the leading shoulder injury. Um, he separated his shoulder in college. 
and didn't play the rest of the season after that. Uh, separated shoulders aren't things that just heal just automatically. They have a higher chance of separating often after that. So that takes away a lot of his power game if that was ever there. Um, and then he just rolled his ankle, right, during rookie mini minicamp. Like, dude, like if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, probably a duck. And at this point, ranking him, you know, as high as Shobit, you have him. Yes, you're going to get those breakaway runs, but this is a long NFL season. They added a whole another game. Longevity matters when you when when you're talking about your first running back and when where you have him, that is your first running back. You know, like that's a huge concern for me as somebody who all I preach is consistency. That's I'm not I'm worried. I'm worried. I don't want to worry from the backup standpoint. I don't want to worry from an injury standpoint. And there's a lot of worries unless you're talking like crazy Camara type of numbers during like rookie season. Um, it's it's concerning, but you know someone's got to do it. He's not going to go undrafted, and either that guy's going to get great value a little bit later, or he's going to draft him early and gonna have to just sit there and pray and hope either he just hits home runs every play in his 12 touches. What I'm assuming early on, because I don't see your first round pick getting ran to the ground. I'm I, I'm on the opposite end of that. I think they're going to work him in slowly and just kind of figure out where he does best and then increase volume over time. So. I think like with 12 to 15 touches at the most, he's going to have to try to find explosive plays because up running up the middle is just not something he can do. And it's the NFL, man. Like we don't find 72 yard touchdowns as much as you do in college. So uh, I, I'm high on him. I love him. I would love to have him as my third running back. If, if, if I'm lucky, if I can squeeze away to draft three straight running backs, I did that with Johnson Taylor worked out pretty well. Um, but if I can, if this works out that way, I'm okay. But as my starting two running backs, I'm I'm scared every day. I'm scared waking up every Sunday. Yeah. The good thing about it is it's it's just June, and then we've got you know training camps that are going on, and then we've got preseason to see how exactly the Lions are going to utilize it. So yeah. the list will definitely change and all of that, and so we'll be able to uh, validate some of these that we have. But I think just based off of the skills and what J- Jameer Gibbs was able to do in college. He has those uh, those skills to translate into the NFL. Yeah, the pass catching is insane. So for PPR and half point PPR, the I can obviously see the appeal, no doubt about it. Because to me, to me, the funniest thing about the Jameer Gibbs draft was they basically got a player that basically can do a little bit better of what David or DeAndre Swift could do, but he still lacks the same thing DeAndre Swift lacked. Yeah. Like he not big enough to be a you know, all purpose running back and he gets hurt a lot. He's undersized. So they can't use him as a workhorse. Like they basically just replace Swift with a faster Swift, but still has the same Uh deficiencies that Deandre Swift has. So that's just my fears. If they use him the same way, we're still expecting that they maintain that same production level of like getting 10 plus touchdowns like they did the last couple of years. And that just seems hard to do, but you're right. If there's somebody that does it, takes the risk and he, and he hits that upside potential, then he could be a league winner. Like you said. And one last thing, I don't, I think we need to stop this conversation about pass catching running backs because you have to be a pass catching running back to be a good running back. It's just, it's there. There's only one, there's two players on my whole 12 list that are not pass catching running backs. And that's Derek Henry and Nick Chubb. Everybody else catches passes. Like that's the, that's the new, that's just, you just have to do that in order to beat out the other running backs these day, um, this day and age. Um, so we have to start not using that as one of the most uh, highest ranked reasons to rank somebody over the other, unless they run like go routes and stuff. That's different. But if you're a pass catching running back, you're normal. That it, According to my, the way I ranked my players, if you're a pass catching running back, you have the ability to be in the top 12. Yeah. And, and show I talked about Gibbs when we were doing our pre-draft TikToks, and I thought my biggest benefit or the biggest positive that I saw with Jameer Gibbs is he ran routes like a receiver. So 
dude, call me crazy, but if the Lions truly signed David Montgomery, paid him the money, drafted Jameer Gibbs, a, a no Jamison Williams is going to be gone, they could, in fact, line him up inside in the slot and have him be running routes to spell Montgomery or to, and then, you know, be only rushing whenever he's spelling Montgomery. I absolutely could see, could see a world where they do that. I think that would be amazing for them. I think that would be super advantageous. They'd be like new age NFL, and I think that would help them tremendously. I just don't know if they'll do it. But if they did do it, then, dude, all of your fantasy points would be in, incredibly validated, and then he would be drafted, you know, exactly where you you rank him. So um, moving on from Jameer Gibbs, uh, I want to talk about Bijan. Bijan is a guy that, again, there's an incredible amount of hype. He's being, you know, the next running back, the next surefire running back draft pick uh, before was Barkley. So since Barkley, he's the most surefire hit, basically. He can do everything. He can run. He can protect. He can catch. Uh, he basically has no deficiencies in his game. He's fast. He's powerful. He's explosive. So he's coming into a situation that is all run heavy. The Atlanta Falcons do nothing but run the football. And then they work some play action off of that because their quarterback sucks. So they're going to probably do that even more this year now that they drafted Bijan. So it seems like the stars are aligned that unless Bijan gets hurt, this the nature of their offense and the amount of touches that this man will get, it's almost impossible to see a world where he's not a top five finisher. Like he is going to get almost every single touch. He's, I mean, he, he is that good. He'll catch almost every ball. He'll run almost every carry. Now, you could argue, yeah, well, they had Tyler Algier. Why would they not spell him? Why would they not protect Bijan? Well, it's just a different age of the NFL where the more we're devaluing running backs after their first contract, the less teams are going to give a shit about prolonging their career because they're only going to pay them after up until their first contract is the rookie contract's over, and maybe they get one contract after that. But that's why... You know, like you said, with Jameer Gibbs, maybe because he's working in from an injury and you know that he probably can't sustain like a full workhorse level that they're going to ease him in. But with a guy like Bijan, this guy could get 30 touches in week one and it would not surprise me. And that could just be the level that he sustains for an entire season. Because again, everything I saw in college, they, he truly, in my opinion, has no deficiencies or has shown no deficiencies in his game whatsoever. I don't know what your thoughts are. Show it. I'll, I'll kick it off with you with Bijan. No, I mean, 100%. I think Bijan Robinson uh, definitely, it's it's kind of weird when you draft a rookie running back in the first, like, I have him in, th- I have him in third, top three. But uh, if, you, if you don't pick him up, you miss out on a uh, potential generational talent in running back, like some guy that you haven't seen, like Adrian Peterson type of player. And that's what he is. And he catches the ball. Like, he just does everything. And they're planning on utilizing him everywhere on the field. I, I don't, I, I feel like he is, he's a safe top five running back pick of uh, of this year's draft, no doubt. Which is hard to say for a rookie running back, right? right. And, I, and I agree with you. Like, I would consider Bijan a safe pick because I just think the nature of the situation means that he's going to get productive. He's going to be productive. Shisho, what are your thoughts on Bijan? Um, I like him. I mean, there's really no deficiencies. I think, I think one of the, you know, only deficiencies they say is like, you know, he needs to find some cutback lanes quicker or like, runs designed to like C gaps and wider gaps. He tends to do, but it's like they're nitpicking at this point. And, um, you know, he's always been a volume runner. So I, I see that continuing. The only problem is, you know, if he was on a better team, uh, I could see him getting utilized way more than he may be used because when you're on a bad team and you're playing for next season, for example, like the Falcon squad, isn't the best, you know, I'm sure there's talks about, preparing for next season even I, I don't know we don't know that it's way too early for all that um because we'll start seeing some contact football here shortly and then we, we can start gauging the seasons because of that but as of right now I mean there's no sweetheart it's not about like our opinions it's literally 
the best running back since Saquon Barkley. He is Saquon Barkley from a physical specimen. He's comparable A1 straight up to Saquon Barkley. And we've seen what Barkley can do. It's the same player. They're, they're huge volume guys. When you're that big of a huge volume guy, obviously injuries are a concern, but he hasn't shown that to be a big fault. So the only thing, the only real thing we need to worry about is going to a shitty team. Do What's the benefit of running him to the ground this early, right? Like, yes, running backs have shorter lifespan, but they're going to sell tickets because of this man. They need him to last at least until they become good, which may not be this year. So, yes, using the first couple of weeks of the season to see how the Falcons do. If they lose their first four games, damn, start trading this man because it's going to be an early exit for the season for him because they're going to need him for next season, right? So that's the downside of being on a bad team. And we've seen this Algier thing. I'm not too concerned about it. But if push comes to shove and the Falcons start losing, they're going to use Algier. It's just how football works. They're going to give more carries to guys that and lower the risk of their star running back. So it's all dependent on how well the Falcons do. That is the main concern. That is not. That is the only reason why he's not in my top five. There are players in my top five like um, Derrick Henry still, and that's just, you know, it's, it's volume. Football is the name of the game, or volume is the name of the game, and Derrick Henry's the volume king. That's the only reason. But from a skill standpoint, Bijan Robinson is probably better than everybody not named Eckler or CMC. And it's just – it's a fact. It's a fact that if your team sucks, you're not going to use your star players as aggressively. And that's my only concern. That's a, that's an interesting point because actually the Falcons may not be a terrible team this year. True. Uh, and True. they're in a very uh, good division for them to be in, uh, given that they're in the Saints division, they got Derek Carr. Yes, but there's uncertainties there. Panthers, Bryce Young, you, you know, you don't know for sure. Um, and then uh, there's one more division that I'm, um, Panthers, Bucks, Buccaneers, right? And Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield, right? Like, so they're definitely in a, a position where they could put up a fight. Uh, and, and you know, you, you still have Cordero Patterson. Um, you still have, uh, you got Drake London, who's in his sophomore year now. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Yeah, so, you know, that offense is doing well. And then they got Okoden, like a bunch of guys on the defensive side as well. So they made a lot of additions. So, the so the, you know, to your point, Falcons actually may be a decent competitive team team in the NFC South. So, um, you know, more, more reasons to even pick B. John Robinson as high as you would. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a it's an average division. So nine wins could get you in the playoffs. So you could be looking at like a Adrian Peterson type Minnesota Vikings where he just, you know, ran them to the playoffs and then they lost. So um, that could very well be the case. Um, I'm very excited for B. John Robinson. If I don't get him in fantasy, I will be very upset. But the person that gets him, I think will just get an absolute stud and just be like, Oh, I got B. John my lineup every week. So I'm set. So uh, that's my thoughts on B. John, but outside of those guys, anybody. So there's players that, you know, Joe Mixon, teeter tottered where this guy's been a top five, top 10 finisher, Dalvin cook, another guy that has a tr- tremendous amount of uncertainty. Now that the Vikings let him go, not in any of our uh, lists, but if Dalvin Cook gets picked up this late in the season, do we think, depending on where he goes, he has a chance to be a top 12 finisher in fantasy? Depends on where he goes. It's this is too too close of a decision without knowing what who's protecting him, what offensive line. But there's some teams. There's some teams like that, that could definitely use a running back right now. Like um the Bears could use a running back. Um Dolphins for some reason are the number one contender still. Yeah, which is weird. Don't know why, but it looks like uh, Dalvin Cook and um, DeAndre Hopkins are teaming up to potentially go to a team together. So there's that talks underway at this moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so either way, I yeah. So wherever he goes, situation matters. I just think at this stage, wherever he goes, 
very few teams have like a, we need an RB one right now. It's just going to, if he goes, he's going to be a compliment to somebody else probably, or even if he is the guy, somebody else is going to be a compliment to him just based on his age. Uh, so I don't think he's got it in him anymore to be a top 12 running back finisher. Um, but I don't know. Show it. Do you differ in that opinion? I mean, I'm just thinking like a team that you can go into like Ravens. Uh, they've got Dobbins, uh, Ravens. Yeah. If Dalvin Cook who wants to get paid? Who wants to get paid? But he's played a season and a half in like the four seasons he's played. Ravens yeah. cannot afford anybody right now. Don't pay running backs, especially players that just don't play. So that that seems pretty obvious. But yeah, the the list of teams that he could go to and be like the guy. There's next to none, right? So that's what that's what kind of creeps him out. Guys like Alvin Kamara. These three names have been staples in top ten, you know, running back finishes over the last three to five years. So not seeing Kamara, barely seeing Mixon. Uh, not seeing Dalvin Cook, it's a different scope and landscape in the NFL, but it's an exciting time because, like you said, showed you're basically in the top 12 because you can run in pass catch. It's like becoming the new norm. And Nick Chubb, 27 uh, catches last year, now with no uh, Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Why not? Throw him the football. It's not that he can't catch the football. He's insanely good once he has the football in his hands. So I've never seen him brick passes to where they should just not throw him the football. So now that they don't have Kareem Hunt, maybe he'll catch the football more. Uh, and then even Derrick Henry, like he's not the pass catcher, but he can catch the ball. So like you said, it's just becoming a necessity or a requirement if you're a running back and you want to be successful. But do you guys have anybody else in the top 12 that you really want to debate or talk through? Because everything else to me, in my opinion, seems pretty clear cut. Yeah, I just realized I messed up. Uh, I did not put Jonathan Taylor on my list when I should have put Jonathan. I mean, Taylor. is that really a mess up though? You know, there's an argument to be made there that he could not even be in the top twelve. Ooh, man, it could that, happen. It could is, happen. Uh, RB one of last the year before, two years ago, two years ago, and doesn't get to the top ten or top twelve. Um, that's tough. But um, one thing I did notice is I did get an average of all of like the you know ESPN, PFF, Yahoo, and all that, and they did have Travis Etienne as uh, number twelve, or the average was Travis Etienne, and that's an intriguing one. That's one that yeah, you. That's the no mixing thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've I've never been a big Etienne fan. Even when he came out, I always felt like he was undersized on the field. He looked like a guy that was just one hit from getting hurt. Uh, and so like all of these reservations that we have with like Gibbs and people like that. That was my fear with ATN from the get-go. And, I mean, I thought Robinson was going to play a big factor, but now Robinson's gotten cut. So, I guess his Achilles injury, he just can't quite come back from. So, James Robinson is not even, like, doesn't even have a job in the NFL oh, after, like, two seasons ago, he ran for 1,000 yards. So, again, running back shelf life, insane. But ETN, same situation. He's 12, so it's not like people had him inside the top 10. So, it's right on that border. But I think if I had a top 15, I could make a case for him. But I don't know. I don't know. He, he underwhelms me. I, I don't know if you guys have thoughts on him differing in what I do, but he just kind of underwhelms me. It's the Jaguars team, man. They, they're the lions of the AFC. Like you see these flashes until I see it. I want to believe it. You know, I mean, we've seen Trevor Lawrence. We've seen the big hype. He's the biggest hype since Peyton Manning coming out of college. Come on. Like I'm starting to see some ceilings around here and I don't know if it's just me. So until I see some actual like, I am better than Joe Burrow on Sundays. I am better than Joe, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Until I see that type of spark, I think we need to tone down this Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars as a whole until we start seeing some stuff. Hopefully this uh, addition of one of the best wide receivers in the league welcoming back, hopefully that changes things. It should, but things are supposed to sh uh, shoulda, woulda, couldas are always there and we never see it play out the way it should. So let's see if the Jaguars really, really can take the next step now that everything is in a platter in front of them. Yeah, I'm excited. I th I think he does take the next step. But 
the step to take to get to the level of the players you mentioned, man, those quarterbacks are just so damn good that if he never gets to that step, he can still be a good quarterback in the NFL and have a productive career. But if he does get to that level, then man, that, that that's insane for the Jaguars, and they truly hit on all of the, uh, I guess, you know, projections that they had with Lawrence and everybody else in the NFL did too. Um, but that's it, man. I mean, uh, you know, guys in the bottom like Dak, Tua, Gino, Dak. You guys know my thoughts on Dak, but for some reason he always throws for four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns, so he's always in fantasy stat. Like he's always in top ten, top twelve rankings when he's healthy. So that's why I just threw him in there, despite not. Like, I don't want to draft Dak Prescott. I don't, I hope I don't get stuck with him. Uh, same situation with Tua. Like, Tua's got insane weapons. So he is a fantasy god, but his brain could also be mush and he could just get a concussion and never play football again. So well, I am, ter- I am terrified with Tua. What are you saying? They've got a helmet that's built for Tua now to protect him. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the injuries, I think he would have had better, like, you know, top eight, um, just as right where, um, you know, Kirk Cousins was. So if he's not injured, then he's going to give you the numbers that you want. Yeah. Apparently this new, apparently this new helmet, uh, actually like scrunches when it hits you. So it's like visible that it like makes a dent, but that actually helps your head 7% more than the old helmet. So 7% increase in helping, but it does visibly like bend. So it's going to be weird to see when it happens. It's the same technology as like a fender, like a, like a, like a bumper. It's the same thing. They decided to go down that route, like visibly see it scorched, so it soaks up the damage. The brain soaks up the damage rather than it just all getting scorched back. Just goes that, this way. That's really weird because, like, imagine a player's like helmet gets squished, and you're like, "Oh, he's just he's fine. Like he's seven percent protected." <laughs> and then he goes back on the field. You're yeah. like, uh, "He's supposed to be uh, out there." Like that's kind of concerning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming every does every time is somebody's helmet gets squished, do they get a new helmet, or is there like a popping thing to pop it out, like? Are they just going to run, churn through helmets this year? I don't know. None of us know. It'll be fun just, to see this year. <laughs> just like the grass stains, you know, when jer- people get grass stains on their jersey, it's just like battle wounds whenever you yeah, get Yeah, that, that very well. I just think, like, if it dents and then you hit that part again, then there's no way it's still protecting a 7% <laughs> clip, yeah. right? So at that point, it becomes more of a health yeah, risk. We're, we're in a trial and error uh, moment in our NFL watching career. The NFL <laughs> could get canceled halfway through the season. Who knows? I mean – to trial and error, head injury. Like, just imagine that thing. Just you know, just the negative ramifications for this trial and error for oh, human head injuries is kind of <laughs> insane. But um, I mean, what can we do? We can only try to get better, and seven percent's better, right? It's a little bit of an increase. Yeah. I wonder if they do dummies like the te- like you know how cars they have those dummies that like hit the maybe they do that. They, ha- they had to. Oh, sure. How else do they test it? Water they just had, like Ray-, Ray Lewis come in and tackle all these dummies with the helmets. Seven percent was very specific like seven i know what that was the number i read i don't know how they came to that calculation but they did so um that is it that's the running back segment top 12 running backs heading into 2023 next week two weeks from now whenever we do wide receivers we got tight ends we're gonna do defenses and kickers because we give a shit we're not trying to play best ball we're not in these stupid leagues where you just kick out the kicker and the defense because you don't want any strategy and you just want more pass catchers like come on guys there's so much strategy in drafting a defense there's so much strategy in picking up a defense or drafting a kicker picking up a kicker so that's the beauty of fantasy football and we are going to rank all of those positions week by week i'm sweet card that's show that's the show we are the only playbook we will see you guys next week and we will be back with show collectible receivers as we rank our receivers. Thank you. Can't wait to see that Andre Johnson.